Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wanna Puff Podcast, your trusted source for all things cannabis in the Canadian retail market. I'm Steve, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Alex, for today's episode, where we'll be talking about solventless hash. But first, I want to tell you about High Buds Club. High Buds Club is a members-only club for bud tenders and cannabis professionals in Canada. With High Buds Club, you'll get access to a like-minded community through industry events and other exclusive opportunities. Get started by visiting highbudsclub.com. And let's get to the conversation on solventless concentrates. Um, so I think to get started, we should talk about dry sift hash. Dry sift or, or Keef is uh, is kind of the product that we saw in the market um, in, in the beginning, and, and it's definitely stuck around. It's I think less sold as a as an individual product, but now it's sold uh, in 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 infused pre rolls. We we've seen Keef infused pre rolls. We've seen um, Keef inside of pre rolls. Um, so so I think that's one we'll start with. Yeah, it was. It's been interesting to see because it definitely started off where there was more like separation. You were starting with like the flower products and the pre roll products and the concentrate products, and now we're starting to see that like amalgamation of all of them. Um, together in certain products. So just quickly, so solventless hash is, um, so they rely on like mechanical processes to get the trichomes from the plant, whereas solvent-based extractions use butane and CO2 and ethanol to separate the cannabinoids, the flavonoids, the terpenes from the cannabis plant material. So it's seen to be a more um, like clean extraction because they aren't using any chemicals or anything to actually get the products um and i'm a i'm a big fan of like the keef and the hash products like i do even just like to just toss them on top of a bowl of some nice flour and just kind of i always say add some like cheese to the top of my my little my little bowl (laughs) yeah i refer to it as like adding salt you know just a little bit of flavor you just add a little salt to your joint um i like that keef is something that that um most consumers would have in, in the bottom of their uh in the bottom of their grinder um so if you have a if you have a good grinder and it's got the uh the little bottom section um you, you get keef and and you can add that to uh to pre-rolls or, or to a bowl and um I, I find that it just makes a little bit extra a little bit extra potency a little bit extra flavor it's uh it's a nice way to uh to enjoy the high yeah having a keef catcher at the bottom of your grinder is i think it's really important like every time i see just the little two-piece ones i'm like there's there's a whole part of the flower that you're not getting with those. Um, so the keef is actually like that pollen that comes off of the cannabis flower. And so when they're making dry sift hash, they're basically just agitating that dried flower through um, like screens. And then they take that keef and it can be pressed into hash. It can be made or used to make other kinds of concentrates. Um and yeah, like I said, you can you can add it. It's like a little powder, so you can like add it on top of a bowl. Um, I personally don't love using keef for like dabbing. I prefer to use keef for um, like putting on top of a bowl. Um, I think there's other concentrates that are better suited for dabs. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I, I don't like to to dab when it comes to keef. It, it um, it's definitely more harsh. It tastes like you're you're almost like singeing the keef. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting though you had mentioned that, that when you press keef you can create a lot of other products um, another product we've seen more recently is the the temple hash balls um, and, and that's a product that's commonly um, created using 
uh, pressed keef. And, and that's something that's, that's fairly new. Uh, I've only seen, I think, two or three products. The Vortex uh, Alaskan Thunderfuck um, is, is one that I think of, um, of course. <laughs> I love the name of that one. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sure they're not allowed to call it that, but it, it's definitely what they mean when they put the uh, Alaskan TF. Yeah. Um, and then they've got the Port North uh, Gasberries Aged Temple Hash Ball, um, which is um, another interesting product. So um, it, it's it's really cool to see the the Keef and then um, they'll also call it Dry Sift and then the products that kind of come from that. I had actually never heard of these hash balls before, um, before we started talking about doing this topic for this podcast. Um, so I was looking into them a little bit and I thought it was super interesting. So they had, um, extraction methods that originated long before the like, um, modern methods of extraction, like ice water extraction, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but they were actually like very first made by like hand collecting the trichomes, um, or using like the dry sift using plant screens. Um, and, I was reading that they used to be made by like hand rubbing the ripe cannabis flower and then collecting the trichomes that like stuck to the skin. And that's how they used to make these hash balls. So like finger hash. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I just thought, I thought that was so cool. Like I've never, I've never heard of these before. Um, So basically they take all of these trichome heads and then they're gathered together and hand rolled into like a spherical mass of of hash and it actually creates like a um like a crust or like a kind of like protective uh layer on the outside um so that helps to store and preserve the like precious wonderful trichomes that are inside that's awesome uh it's so interesting the 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 history of cannabis it's not just kind of like what we're doing now and and where we've seen the expansion with with what we've got on on the recreational market within canada um but also everything that, that where it's come from and and where these temple hash balls have, have originated from and i'm sure the quality has uh has eroded when when it introduced to the recreational market but hopefully we'll see something um more more similar to uh to where the the grassroots movement had come from yeah they're definitely fine tuning these extraction methods to um be able to appeal to the masses you know that supply and demand that they're trying to meet they have to obviously kind of adjust and probably not super um uh reasonable to be hand rolling a bunch of uh hash balls but you know like hash is like the og like solventless concentrate and you know they have been um extracting and like creating this hash like like in ancient traditions in like Morocco, Lebanon, Pakistan, Afghanistan, like for centuries and centuries, they've been like mastering this practice. So I think it's really interesting to see how this is um, transitioning to be able to appeal to like the modern market. Yeah, it, it's uh, definitely like I mentioned before, just the history of, of how um of, of how these these products came to be is is really fascinating um and something we had spoken about or something you had mentioned earlier is is the difference between the the dry sift hash and, and the uh the ice water or, or bubble hash um do, do you have any do you want to go further into uh to what the bubble hash is in, in comparison to say a dry sift hash yeah so the ice water method so traditionally like solventless extractions are used uh, or done using heat and pressure that's how they get that concentrate out of the flour um but ice water using the ice water method essentially what they do 
is it freezes the trichomes off of the flower, which then sink to the bottom of this like tub of ice water. And then they're filtered out and they're able to use those trichomes to create bubble hash. And bubble hash has its name because when you when you smoke it or you use it, it actually like creates like a little bit of like a bubbly kind of texture to it. Um, bubble hash I've seen on the market quite a bit. Um, temple hash balls I don't think I've ever seen in not in Alberta, anyways. I don't think Not I've yet. seen them. Um, I think it's more of a newer product, and um, most of those newer products now are are seeing the Ontario market before they uh, before they make their way to the West Coast. Um, but you're right; I do see a lot more bubble hash. Um, I was very skeptical um, the first time I tried to make bubble hash because I thought I'm going to put all my weed into a bag of water yeah. and ice, <laughs> and it's gonna filter out the water and ice and I'm going to be left with the hash and and I was like I don't think I want my weed to get wet but um it's an interesting way of of extracting uh of extracting the the trichomes from the cannabis and and it definitely creates I think a higher quality product than the than the dry sift does yeah I was gonna say like you're also not necessarily using like the cheapest flour you can find on the market to try to make those concentrates right like the the higher um the terpene profile is of that um, that particular cultivar and like how covered it is in trichomes that's going to affect the kind of concentrate you can get out of that so yeah I can imagine buying like a nice $50 eighth and then being like I'm gonna make some hash out of this yeah right <laughs> being like I don't want to ruin it yeah and, and I don't want to be stuck with a, a bag of wet weed yeah. <laughs> with, with no bubble hash was uh, kind of my my thought process on that yeah um, but it, it was fun to make and um, it's it's definitely just interesting to, to be a part of the process, you know, not just going to the store and buying bubble hash, but um, trying to make it on uh, on your own. Yeah. And then you've got like with that, um, with those uh, like the bubble hash and the keef, you know, that can be pressed in order to make um, like the, the hash that is a little more like traditional looking. It's like a little more like bricks of hash. Um, I find that that's what consumers are looking for a lot of times. I think that the drive for people to purchase keef is not necessarily there because if they do have you know a four-part grinder that separates the keef into the bottom of um of their little grinder like you can get that for free off of the flour that you're already buying so like i know like shred for example has you know a tropic thunder keef um i know like the batch has a dry sift hash um so i think that like the the bricks of hash are a little more popular because that involves another step of like um, extraction and pressing and, um, to get that product. Yeah. I remember when, uh, customers were first purchasing the, the dry sift hash and, uh, even the bubble hash and and it was coming in really fluffy. It wasn't coming in as a brick and, and they were asking me, um, this isn't like the hash that I've purchased before. The hash I've purchased before is in, um, more of a solid form and, and how do I get that? And, and so you really had to make sure you were navigating the correct, um, uh, product to the to the correct customer um it's interesting though because if they were to just call keef the the more um powdery format and then and then reserve the hash or dry sift hash um for the the more solid format uh, i think it would be easier for customers to know what they're purchasing and and then be able to make that decision on their own yeah because the the terms are used very interchangeably like the word hash is just kind of floating around so i think that creates a little bit of confusion for you know maybe the less experienced consumer that doesn't know all of the differences and the different extraction methods i can understand why walking into a store and seeing 
five or six different hash options, you'd be like, what? <laughs> what? And why are they all, you know, looking different when yeah. I purchase them? And, um, and yeah, just knowing what you're getting as a customer can really help you make an educated decision. Yeah. Cause then, you know, you take it a step further and the other, um, solventless concentrates that there are is like rosin. And we get into that conversation about rosin and that's a whole other ball game, a whole other set of concentrates that are, is like another step forward again. Yeah. You really have to be aware of, um, the words before the word rosin in the product that you're purchasing. Cause a live rosin is different than a flower rosin. Um, and a hash rosin is different than, either of those products um but you can get a live hash rosin um which would mean that uh that the plant of course was not dried and and then that was uh used to create a hash and then that hash was pressed to create a rosin so rosin is using uh heat and pressure to extract um the the thc from the from the cannabis plant yeah so anytime they see um that like the word live it essentially means that they were taking the the uncured, undried flower and pressing that into a rosin. Um, and if anyone's ever had the privilege of being in like a grow room with all of that fresh cannabis, like, yeah, you just want to take that and like take a bite out of it sometimes. <laughs> like it's so sticky and it smells so good. And that's why live rosin products and um, any of those live products are more expensive because you're getting a more flavorful experience. You're getting a fuller experience. It's, it's different than buying a dry sift or like a keef. Yeah. I, I like the live rosins. Um, it's convenient as well because you can get them in cartridges. So, um, a lot of times, uh, we had talked to Trevor about this in, I think the last episode, but, uh, those, those live rosin cartridges come in a little lower in THC than, um, the, the distillate, the raw distillate cartridges, but the, the flavor is so much better. And, and, the the whole entourage effect really, I think is, uh, is what stands out with the live rosin cartridges. And I think that's the only format right now as far as solvent list goes that, that you can get in that portable um, on-the-go cartridge. Yeah, because you can get, you know, like a terp pen to be able to, um, you, like, smoke the rosin products. And that's essentially just like a, a pen that you inhale off of one side. The other side has, like, a hot coil on it. You put it directly on the concentrate and, like, that's that's how you smoke it instead of having to get a whole dab rig and everything. Um, but that's still not as convenient as being able to just carry a cartridge around. Um, but again, like those cartridges come at a price cause you're getting a more premium product. And yeah, it goes back to the conversation we had last week about terpenes where you, that's an opportunity for you to explain to your consumers that live rosin is full spectrum, meaning that it has that cannabinoid and terpene profile from the original cannabis plant. They're not re-added in. They have not been devoid and stripped of terpenes. It is that full, full body experience that you're going to be getting. And um, that flavor is just unmatched compared to other cartridges and other concentrates. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the the live um, flower experience. When, when um comes to concentrates the the live rosin i think stands out as as far as the the flavorful experience goes as far as the um really being like true to the plant um, but there are other forms of rosin so i, I the hash rosin i think is really interesting because um a lot of times consumers aren't aren't recognizing that, that that product is going through two extraction processes so um it's coming through dry sift or or bubble hash um in order to extract the trichomes from the flower and then that's being pressed in order to get um the, the purest rosin and, and so that's an even more um premium experience than live rosin i think as well 
Yeah, and then, you know, you've even got the other one in there too, which is flower rosin, which is different than both of those again, like you said before, because they're using that dried and cured cannabis flower to press and then get the the concentrate out of. Um, so there's like, there's so many different um, different ways that these companies can go with these extractions. And, you know, obviously the better quality flower you get, the higher quality material that you're using for those products is going to equal a higher quality extraction. Um, so I think that's why like you see a lot more craft producers coming out with um, those concentrates because they are able to actually, you know, get the good quality um, plant material from, because they're craft growers, you know, they're growing high terpene, high uh, trichome products so they're able to use those to create like really really nice flavorful concentrates whereas if you've got you know a, a flower that's got maybe like one percent terpenes it's probably not going to be super flavorful and it's probably going to be just kind of smoking like a distillate cartridge yeah and if you're a consumer who who fell in love with a flower that was a high terpene product um having the option of trying that product as a, a live rosin and then as a flower rosin or as a hash rosin um, could be really interesting because you're really going to get to to try those flavors in different stages of of the plant um, with it not being with it being a live rosin it wouldn't be dried so you would really get the 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 flavors of of that grow room smell um, yeah. which would be really unique. You got higher THC to consider in that. You've got you know better taste, better effects because you know you're not smoking the straight flower. You're smoking the concentrate that has had all of these things extracted from it. It's just all of that juicy goodness that you want out of the plant. So um, yeah, you definitely see concentrates coming in at that more like you know thirty five to sixty to seventy percent range. Um, I think one of my favorites that I ever had um, seven acres put out a um I think it was a live rosin and it had a consistency that was very similar to like peanut butter and that was easily one of the like best tasting and most um full-bodied experiences that I had had um I personally use a dab rig I like dabbing um and when you're when you're dabbing products, you want to find the products that are higher quality that say that they are full melt because that essentially means they're on like a star-based system, right? So like five stars is considered like full melt. So the more that it melts, how effectively it melts means that there's fewer impurities in the product. So, you know, three to four star might be better as like a bowl topper rather than like a straight up dab. And then you've got ones that are less than that that are considered more of like a cooking concentrate. Yeah, it's interesting because they they put these um, live rosins in, in edibles, and so um, yeah, that that star system isn't something that, that the consumer is really aware of that the um, that the producers are putting on the packaging. But um, knowing as a concentrate consumer um, what quality of, of concentrate you're you're smoking is is definitely going to affect your experience. For myself, I really like the big rosin coins. Um, it's it's definitely a different um, consistency than a lot of the other rosins that you'll find but um their their quality i think stands out that's really interesting i haven't tried one of those yet actually um i was gonna ask have you ever tried to like press your own rosin at home using like a hair straightener or like an iron i've not there was a service <laughs> uh, there is a service here in calgary where um they'll come in and press uh like an ounce for you and and i thought that would be really interesting but when you reach out to them um their their website doesn't 
I, I think they're having issues with their mm. website or, or the commun- connection on their website is, is down, but um, I've, I've tried to have it professionally done. I know that in Ontario, they can bring in rosin presses to the dispensaries. It's not something we can do here in Alberta, but um, you can go to a dispensary and they could have an event where um, where you could have your flower pressed, which would be, I think, really interesting to, to just have the larger variety than what we have out here. That would be really, really cool. Because, yeah, like if you... Anywhere that you look online, you can see um, like instructions for how to press your own hash at home. And most of them are just basically a high temperature hair straightener with some parchment paper and you squish it between for X amount of time and you create this hash. I also had someone tell me once that um, if you put it like wrap it in parchment paper and put it in like the heel of your shoe and walk around on it for a couple days that it'll press. (laughs) I don't know the validity of that. I've never tried it, but uh, you know. Um, there's lots of different ways that you can like do it yourself and yeah, it might not be the same quality that you would get from like a, a like proper producer, but kind of fun at home product to try or project to try. Finger hash earlier, but I had never heard of shoe hash. Like that is <laughs> definitely, uh, and I've worked for, for some time in the industry and nobody has ever mentioned shoe hash. I was, I remember when I was told that and I was like, I mean, realistically, are you going to want to take something out of your shoe and then like inhale it? <laughs> it, it? You know, brings you back to the old days, you know, with a dealer and you were like, oh, why? Apparently I'm getting my weed from his shoe um, and there's no baggie. So it comes in a tortilla. <laughs> yeah. So another interesting product when it comes to the, uh, to the rosin products, all of those products can be um, changed in consistency when it comes to, uh, to batter. Um, and, and that just comes from, uh, from whipping or, or agitation to the rosin after, after the product has been pressed. Um, that, that's something I've seen when it came to the, uh, Purple Hills product. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the lemon pepper live rosin batter and, and that's phenomenal. It tastes amazing. It, the, the, the smell, the aroma on it is, uh, really stands out and, and you get that full flavor experience. Yeah, I think the consistency is compared to like a frosting or like a cake batter kind of consistency. Um, yeah, it's really, really interesting to see. And this is just like the solventless extracts, right? Like there's a whole other category of ones where they use um, they use certain solvents to be able to actually extract um, these uh, concentrates out of the out of the flour. But um, yeah, there's so much variety. And just even, like you said, just by whipping the product, you're able to completely change the consistency of it and change the way that it the way that it smokes and the way that it melts. And it's really interesting. Another thing that uh, you had mentioned that there's a, a lot of other products and in, in how they can extract using um, different solvents. It's interesting in, in the Canadian legal market, they're allowed to call products that don't currently have the solvent um present if, if they test and the solvent's not there they're able to call it solventless even though the extraction process used a solvent um so it's- yeah i was reading about that because there's like solventless and then there's like solvent free so solventless meaning yeah. there was no solvent used and then solvent free being there was a solvent used but they've managed to strip the entire residue of that solvent out yeah and, and i think that there's such a difference right because what you're looking for when you're going with that solvent list, I think, is um, is that full terpene experience, that that really um, natural experience. Whereas when you when you introduce a solvent, I think that you're in order to remove the solvent to get to that solvent free, you're probably removing some of the compounds of the plant that you were looking to consume. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's just more steps in the process, right? Like the fewer steps, the more pure product you're getting. So yeah, I, I think when people are looking at what kind of concentrates they're interested in, I think that's something they need to take into consideration. You know, the solvent less ones are considered to be a cleaner, I would say more like organic, if you will, form of a concentrate. There's, you know, no CO2 used, no ethanol used, no butane used. Um, yeah, it's, they, they find ways to make it very complex for the average consumer. <laughs> yeah, they definitely make it um, in the favor of the person who's trying to market the product and yeah. not in the favor of the consumer who's trying to understand what they're, what they're looking to purchase. Yeah. Um, so if you had, you know, someone that came to you and said, you know, I, I'm interested in concentrates, I really want to get into them, like, where do I start? What would you recommend? Like, where would be a good starting point for a new consumer? I think now infused pre-rolls um, and I really like the dab bods infused pre-rolls. They're live rosin infused pre-rolls and uh, they're just really flavorful. Uh, they're they're going to be a little bit extra potency from the, um, unless you're smoking like Canica 30s, um, they're going to be a little bit more potency than what you're used to, but you're going to get uh, like an introduction. And then I think from their cartridges, because somebody who's not used to consuming concentrates shouldn't go to like a dab rig or yeah. like an e-nail that's going to create quite the um uh, intense experience yeah yeah i agree with that for sure um i remember we talked about infused pre-rolls on the pre-roll episode that we did and i think that was actually um, a comment that was made that they're a good segue into the concentrate category for a new consumer. Um, for someone that's never had concentrates before, you know, you're able to know, okay, this has oil in it. This has uh keef in it. And you're able to get kind of that, like you said, more intense experience um, without having to get the whole rig and everything. Um, for me, I, I smoked a lot of flour, so I was really interested in going like straight into dabs, but I was hesitant to buy a full rig and everything. Um, but I discovered that you can actually get like certain nails that are built to um, be used on just like a regular bong. Um, so that was a good segue for me. Um, but I think that starting with something like you said, like cartridges or the infused pre-rolls, just so people can get an idea of how like a, a concentrate is going to affect them because it is different than smoking straight up flour. And buying the nail, buying the the, the torch, um, all of these uh, additional purchases can be um, intimidating. And so just being able to, to try a product like a like a cartridge or um, like an infused pre-roll is, is a good way to, to not have to commit, um, you know, uh, over $50 or more um, while still being able to, to introduce yourself to a, to a new product or a new way of consuming. Yeah, I mean, you could be like me. The first torch that we ever bought was like a full-on blowtorch. <laughs> we didn't know they made like little handheld ones and we couldn't find them anywhere. So we were just like, ah, full-on blowtorch. So we had this like massive like two-foot blowtorch in our house for the longest time. Like, yeah, we look like druggies now, don't we? <laughs> The first time um, I purchased one, I, I bought the propane, um, like the camping style yeah, torches. Yeah, exactly those. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's cheaper. I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it's definitely cheaper, but a little more um, dangerous, I think. But <laughs> yeah, no, not not so many safety uh, systems in place on those. Yeah, don't take safety advice from us, folks. <laughs> yeah, definitely go to your uh, local cannabis store, yeah. local hemp, local hemp <laughs> shop to purchase these uh, these types of accessories. Um, and then yeah, I was just gonna say like with 
cartridges too you know if people are wondering how something like a dab would affect them going to like a live rosin cartridge is not going to be the same experience as a distillate cartridge like we've said before like you know distillate cartridges are basically just straight up thc liquid um there's not a lot of terpenes and stuff in there so when you get into the live rosin cartridges it makes it easier for you to dial in that experience as well if you can look up the terpene profile find something that's similar to the flower that you like to smoke and then you know at least you have an idea of how those terpenes affect you already um i really think that doing that research behind it is really important i think that that's the first step that any consumer should take if they're looking on expanding to other um other kinds of products is look into what you've been smoking figure out what you like about it or in taking I guess I should say not everyone's smoking their cannabis but um, figure out what you like about it and then try to go down a path of finding products that are similar because I've you know I know people that have gone straight to a concentrate that had a terpene in it that really did not interact well with them and they had a really bad experience and then it's like okay well I don't you know I don't ever want to do dabs again yeah fair enough like I can understand why that would be a little bit traumatizing yeah and um cartridges and even like a yokan um e-nail or 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 a portable uh, coil um does not have the same effect i would say than smoking off of like a a dab rig i think smoking off of a dab rig can be much more um uh instant and and much more uh of a potent experience than uh cartridges i think cartridges are um you're gonna have to inhale a couple more on that if you're uh if you've got a high tolerance if you're somebody who's just getting introduced to concentrates um you know taking a puff and, and seeing how you feel is is always the best way to go yep start low and go slow the magical phrase of all bud tenders (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's easier to um, to consume more than it is to uh, to kind of bunker in and and, and handle it if you're uh, if you're having a bad time. Yeah. Um, but if you are having a bad time, as we've mentioned before, uh, CBD or or black pepper yeah. um, is going to uh, is going to help reduce that. Yeah, it's always a good always a good tip to to put out there for sure. Yeah. And and I think with that, it, it wraps up today's episode on, on solventless concentrates. Thank you, Alex, for uh, for joining me for today's episode. And, and thank you all for tuning in. And remember, if you're enjoying the Wanna Puff podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe and comment on Spotify, Apple Music and Instagram, because what else would you want to do? 